Hi, everyone. Kat and Liz here. And before our official episode starts, we want to talk to you about May being Mental Health Month. Unless this is your first Real Job Talk episode, you've heard us talk about self-care, prioritizing mental health, caring for your fellow employees by checking in with them, and following your energy towards what brings you joy. We believe in taking care of yourself in order to bring your best self to work every day. But since it's Mental Health Month, we want to highlight the importance of doing what you need to do to make sure you're developing into the best self you can be. This has been a super trying year for everyone between the pandemic, issues around racial and gender inequalities, political unrest, and general uncertainty about the future of our workplaces, our nations, and our world. We want to take this opportunity to let you know that we care about you. If you're struggling, look into resources that can help you. Your company may have an ERP program. Your doctor may have recommendations. And there are great online mental health resources like BetterHelp.com at reasonable prices. If you're feeling stuck in your career and it's getting you down, reach out to a coach or to us. We do coach together for our bargain $150 a session. But whomever it is, make sure to reach out to someone to help you get unstuck. Maybe you need to take more breaks in your day find hobbies that bring you joy, or spend more time with friends and family. Maybe you need better work-life boundaries or a clearer calendar. Maybe you need to find more meaning in your life so that you can connect that meaning back to help motivate you to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to support you and encourage you to take care of yourself so that you can be better in both work and life. We care about you and we wish you health in May and throughout the year. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Royer. And I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello. So today we are super excited to welcome Jordan Babineau to talk about building a growth service mindset, career pivoting, and balance. Jordan is a person who juggles numerous priorities at once. He is an author of a new book called Pivot to Win, a podcaster, the commissioner of the Seattle Sports Commission, the owner of a medical transport company, and a TV radio personality for the Seattle Seahawks, and the owner of a production company. Jordan, welcome. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Hey, Kat. Hey, Liz. Thanks for having me. Uh, This is going to be an exciting time to to share uh, some of the great things that's happening with me. I hope that I could, um, you know, learn something from the two of you as well. And so, Let's get started. Let's jump right into it. I, yeah, I grew up in Texas, from Port Arthur, Texas, and um, you know, a lot of that early childhood life for me were full of challenges. It was full of, you know, for my family and all. My father passed at the early age of eight years old, and my mother was left as a single parent to raise five kids. We each graduated high school. We each graduated college, and along with myself, my brother. Uh, play professional sports as well. He spent 12 years with the Atlanta Falcons, and I spent uh, nine years between the Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans. Well, what has life been like since football? And I know we'll jump into that. We have a lot of time to talk about what change has been like and what has been pivoting away from one of the things that I love the most, playing sports, uh, the challenges that I faced and had to overcome. And in where I am today, currently as an entrepreneur, seeking personal and business development, as that has been the quest for 
probably since leaving the NFL, but more intentional, I would say, in the last three or four years. And it set me on a path uh, to become an author. I'll soon have my MBA and growth in terms of becoming a better business owner and leader. Wow. That's an awesome story. And I loved your podcast with your mom. It made me so, it made me smile. She's an incredible woman. Before we get to mindset, let's talk about all these businesses and different things that you're doing and getting your MBA. You're a true entrepreneur versus the person who has an idea and brings it through. You're kind of doing it all. How do you balance all these different competing priorities and how do you make having all of these different things happening at once work for you? Well, that's that's a great question. I think the challenge of that, you know, is facing that and having to deal with it every day, yeah. you know, as we all are. I mean, we have uh, so many competing interests, you know, vying for um, our attention. <laughs> Where do you put all of your energy, you know, that would ultimately create, you know, the greatest result and mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes it depends on the person and, and kind of where they are in their career and their life. Um, I often, you know, define and talk about leadership in many ways. And, you know, what leadership used to be traditionally is that do what I said because I said so, right? I'm I'm your boss. I'm the person in charge. Well, now leadership, uh, in my opinion, has shifted more so to become more of a facilitator. You know, how do I bring the best out of other people? How do I get uh, a team of people with different views, opinions, aligned on the same goal so we can achieve their, the ultimate result, whatever that is. In many ways, in businesses, it's serving the customer, you know, and, and obviously in sports, it's wins, you know, you're, you're calculated and um, rated on, you know, the number of wins and, and performance. Mm-hmm. But it's a real challenge for me, you know, as I'm getting better at it, I, I tend to and talk about and pivot to win about a routine. And mm. you know, one, of the, one of the things about creating a routine is that although a, a routine doesn't necessarily guarantee success or that you're actually going to win, it does give you a chance to, to, to own um, the moment, right? Mm. So think about a basketball player before he takes a free throw, he goes through his routine, whatever that mm. is. Two dribbles, a bend at a knee, twirl the ball, or kicker in a football game, or quarterback who you know who has a routine, a pre-snap routine, you know, or kicker who takes his steps before he kicks the ball. And so, you know, kind of going back and you know using a lot of the things that I've learned in sports and applying them to business and life. That's one of the things that has helped center me in understanding what am I focusing on for the day. Because, you know, more than anything, the one thing that's really stopping us from achieving our dreams, Kat, Liz, you guys know this, distractions. Yes. How do I stay focused on the task that produces the biggest result or have the greatest impact, be it for myself, my company, or the community? Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite routine that you do? Do you have a morning practice or what's your secret sauce there, if you're willing to share? Well, so... I like to talk about the most important parts of the day, the bookends, right? So the morning and the evening, how you start your day and how you wind down, you know, at night. Um, And so for me, I I mean, the routine has kind of changed, you know, here in Seattle, as much sunlight that we get over the course of a day during the summer can be six to eight hours of darkness. But during, you know, the tough, wet and winter season, darkness is around for a little bit longer. I don't think the mm-hmm. sun rises until 7.30, 7.40, but it sets at like 
four thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's easy to get into a change, you know, mindset or approach for the day based on the weather. And I was one of the persons who thought that, you know, the weather doesn't influence, you know, my attitude or, you know, my environment doesn't dictate how I act or where I am. And a lot of those stories I share in Pivot to Win when I talk about the pivot model in general, mm-hmm. that change, you know, means loss. And sometimes when we're going through change, it's a loss of identity, mm-hmm. which, which is a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Changing your environment, you know, those those types of changes that we experience sometimes over the course of the day can derail us from achieving what we want. Mm-hmm. So for me, Kat, I still have to you know, feed my body and feed my mind. I start my day by reading and working out. You know, lately I've incorporated more mindfulness practices. So meditation, meditation, praying, yoga practice. Awesome. And look, I mean, it's not like, um, like I sit there and I'm just still for three hours. (laughs) I was a professional sports player. So sometimes sitting for too long can be uncomfortable or standing too long can start to hurt and ache my body. So Mm -hmm. I incorporate it. If anyone has never tried, you know, bringing in some of these mindfulness practices, be it yoga or be it meditating, I would start with five minutes. Amen. And that's, that's where I started. You know, mm-hmm. start with something. You know, baby um, steps. Baby steps. Absolutely, and it mm-hmm. and it and it feels achievable. Yes. Right? I mean, you know, I think one of the the greatest things that can derail us also from achieving what we want, and I talk about, you know, some of those stories in the book as well, is that. We can try to do too much too fast rather than going through the process, Mm -hmm. what those steps are to achieve what it is that we want or who we want to become. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've never practiced any of that and you want more stillness and more peace within, starting within the self, uh, focusing that lens on the self, you know, start small, start with Mm -hmm. those baby steps. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, over time, uh, those little levels of success will grow and grow and you'll be surprised at the results. So my morning is that my, my evenings vary depending on uh, kid activities. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're all kind of in, in that space as we're trying to navigate what working from home looks like, mm-hmm. what, you know, what the future looks like um, based on our current, you know, economic uh, environment. And so sometimes the wind down, it varies, but I, I turn off, I do turn off. I'll get home usually around, you know, the eight o'clock or the nine o'clock hour after the kids are asleep. It's time to spend, you know, some time with the wife and and or the family. And uh, it's uninterrupted. I think Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I talked about distractions, but it's equally important to to turn off and and tune out the rest of the world so you can practice that that level of presence. So that's how my day winds down. Uh, and I try to shut my phone off for about an hour before I go to sleep and not, you know, look at, you know, too much <laughs> blue light things that I can't control. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, your news feed, your Twitter feed, your mm-hmm. social media feed will, yep. will have you racing. And before you know it, you're chasing rabbit holes and up till, you know, an hour in which, you you know, you find yourself have wasted time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I mean, so that's it. I mean, if I could share that with anyone, I think the bookends are important, how you start mm-hmm. your day and how you how you end it. Amen. I totally agree with that. And so I'm curious as someone who in college, not after, but I, you know, I had a little athleticness in my world also, and it was a big identity. And so when I left 
I was on the crew team. When I left that, it was a big identity change. And so as part of this whole talking about pivoting, when you mentioned identity, it's like, how do you recommend someone pivoting from something that has been so core to who they are? Yeah, that's that's a great question because there's one thing that's constant and consistent in all of our lives. <laughs> it's change. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I, I said we used to we used to joke about that in the NFL, right? The one thing that's you know that's constant in the NFL is change, mm-hmm. um, but it's like that in life. Yep. Um, and you know, those pivots for us can happen daily. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, how we transition from walking into a meeting or coming home after a work day or after a commute, um, sitting in traffic and having to now be mom, dad, or, mm-hmm. you know, or significant other, um, when dealing with such a stressful environment at work, you know, whatever that is. So mm-hmm. I'd like to, and share with people about creating a buffer zone, mm-hmm. right? And this buffer zone is just, it could be one minute, it could be three minutes, sometimes five. Mm-hmm. To me, I think it's important that um, for us to show up as our best selves in whatever environment, for us to kind of release the tension or stress from what we've come from or what we may be anxious about experiencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that comes with a high sense of, to me, self-awareness and the practice of presence. Mm-hmm. And so, so those are some of the components that make up pivoting and make up the transitions for, mm-hmm. you know, for us to put ourselves to show up as our best selves. Mm-hmm. The pivot model, as I talk about and identify in the book, it's a five-step process, right? And it, and it kind of has this internal and external variation of how we feel about ourselves and how others view us. Mm-hmm. And the steps in itself is, you know, recognize, decide, ground zero, courage, and transform. And I'll, I'll break them down to you. So being able to recognize change, planned or unplanned. I'm looking for leverage. This is where I find that leverage is most important. And how can I leverage my position, skill set, or relationships to help achieve what I want? And for me, I knew a pivot. I was running into a pivot. I mean, all sports athletes eventually will become former athletes. So (laughs) I had to recognize that. Yes. But I did it while I was playing. Mm. You know, starting some of those businesses while playing, understanding that that was a season that I was headed for. You know, it was recognizing that opportunity. It was, there was a decision factor. So I was in the midst of starting my sports broadcasting career, but in my heart, I wanted to go back and get my 10th season in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes in my commentary, I would take a very locker room approach, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, I'm not throwing people under the bus, you know, I'm not, <laughs> there's no blame for mm-hmm the cause of a touchdown or why a team lost a football game. And so when I was working with my speaking coach around that, that was one of the things that I thought early on, I was like, okay, well, are you a broadcaster or are you a player? Mm. That was, it was a tough decision, right? I had to, I had to make that decision. So I declared that I was done with football and I was making, I was making the full switch into my pivot. Mm. So step three is ground zero, right? It's understanding where you are. And it's like, what is what is base? What does base feel mm-hmm. like? And I talk about the change and how in, in change we experience loss. And whether we we can go from employee to entrepreneur or changing locations, changing jobs, changing positions, all of those things 
may challenge us to reestablish who we are at our core. Right. And so that's ground zero. And then the, the courage portion of it is that in change, we move through this period as if there can be a sense of inadequacy. We call it the imposter syndrome. Yes. Right. right. Am, am I really this person that I say that I am or this mm-hmm. title says that I am? Can I actually do this? Right. And we're and we're moving through that with uncertainty. But the reason that it's it's a courageous step is because despite the uncertainty, we're still moving through it. And I right. think that's the key. That's the key factor right there. We're still moving through the change. Mm-hmm. It, it may be uncomfortable. It may seem foreign, but movement is what's going to propel us through this moment right here to get us through this imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last step is to transform, because I think it's transformative when we're acting and living within our purpose mm-hmm. and in understanding this pivot or getting to the other side of change. We look back and we establish and we and we have this vision of the process not so much that we accomplished the goal or we achieved the person that we wanted to become, mm-hmm. but what it was going through that process, I think, is way more important than the goal that we reach. So that transformative stage is living within your purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's the journey, not the destination in, in this case. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. I love fun. that. So let's talk a little bit about when you look at people who have pivoted successfully or when you're advising in your book, you talk a lot about mindset, right? And that's, I mean, all of the stuff that you're talking about right now is mindset. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about successful mindset and how you advise people to get into the right headspace. You talked about going all in. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that because I think mm-hmm. that's the piece there in your process that you know, pulling all your energy into the new thing. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, mindset. Wow. I mean, mindset is a factor in not how we feel about ourselves, one, but but also our approach to, you know, the challenge or mm-hmm. the obstacle, the journey, what's ahead. You know, in, in Pivot to Win, I created or, or lay out what I'm calling the Pivot Playbook. And mm-hmm. these are just, you know, ways for us to cultivate persistence. And how do we do that? You know, how do we how do we move through tough conversations? Mm. And I like to reference uh, Susan Scott's book on fierce conversations. And, and it's one of those components, you know, she, she kind of illustrates the fact of, of having those tough conversations and the components that, that it consists of. And, and more than anything, the biggest takeaway that, that I like, right, you know, we tackle a tough challenge. But what I really like about the book is the takeaway is 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 enriching the relationship, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can we can go into fierce conversations and feel like we're attacking someone or being attacked. But if we're enriching a relationship, tackle a tough challenge, provoke learning. That's it. Provoke learning mm-hmm. uh, is the other component. Then then we open ourselves up for growth, mm-hmm. right? So so for you know shaping mindset in the book, I talk about a growth and a fixed mindset, right? That fixed mindset kind of bottled in and, and believing, you know, what we know. The growth mindset opens us up to new opportunities, expose us to allow other people to have opinions and insights that we can learn from. Absolutely. The fixed mindset is, hey, I already know this. I know yeah. how, you know, I don't need your, your opinion or your advice mm-hmm. on something that I already know how to do. When the growth mindset welcomes new perspectives it, it's mm-hmm. open to new ideas mm-hmm. so so that's that's equally important and then you know mindset in itself companies have now more than ever created a higher value in human capital than ever and and what i mean by that is you, you can take a person that's skilled 
and but doesn't have the right mindset versus a person who's not so skilled, who has a winning mindset Mm -hmm. and companies are more attracted to the person who has that high sense of awareness, mental awareness, and what we would call, you know, this level of adversity growth or Mm -hmm. adversity mindset, Yep. right? Dealing with challenges, knowing that they're going to come, but it's the find a way attitude, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so so the growth versus fixed mindset, Kat, I talk about that in the book as well. I think it's it's super powerful, especially when you start to understand that this is what companies are valuing more than just more than just skills. Mm-hmm. Everyone has this, you know, well, there's many, I say everyone, but many people have skills. There are a lot of qualified people who have the skills, mm-hmm. but but the person who has the winning mindset to many companies are more attractive uh, between mm-hmm. So when you're hiring folks for your various companies, it, are you looking more at mindset than skills? Yes. And I mean, obviously it's, it's a tell of, I mean, you want both, right? So sure. how, how, do we, <laughs> sure, sure. how do we find a combination of mm-hmm. both? But, totally. but it, but it is the mind, but it is the mindset to me that I would hire. If I have two candidates mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I can't choose from, I have one position to fill. I'm going to take the person with the winning mindset. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you touch on so many things that Kat and I believe in, such as being open, having vulnerable conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that you said about when you're pivoting and you're at ground zero, that that imposter syndrome and stuff, that's when it sneaks in because it's like, ah, I want to be doing this, but I'm not really qualified and someone's going to be onto me and I'm I'm host. And I think that having that growth mindset and asking the tough questions and Knowing that you're in a growth phase and you're in a pivot, like identifying the pivot is key to success there because then all of a sudden you start to get that learning and you start to grow. Talk a little bit about identifying the need for a pivot because like you talk about you were in your ninth year, you wanted a 10th year, and then you pivoted to broadcasting. You knew it was time for the pivot, even though you hadn't planned on it necessarily. Talk a little bit about prep for pivot. (laughs) If you will, you know, how, how do we know that you're in a pivot? How do you know yeah. that you're, or, or if you're if you're headed for a pivot, or you know, just getting out of a, a pivot? Yeah, I think one in, in establishing, you know, who we are. We all have our, you know, our core values, and mm-hmm. you know, we can be in a job, in a relationship, in a career where it doesn't feel like we're we're mm-hmm. giving ourselves. We don't mm-hmm. feel like we're yep. you know, like there's more to do. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the reason why you see people, you know, leave these high corporate level positions to go pursue different philanthropic endeavors, mm-hmm. you know, well, well, this person had a good position. Now they've committed and dedicated themselves to serving other people in another way. Right. So I think purpose is a, is a factor in understanding where you are mm-hmm. and identifying what it is that you desire for yourself or for your family or the future. There's a, a bigger play around not just where we are and what we're doing in our current position, but how do we leave the world in a better place? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a, in my opinion, you know, the ones, you know, the great leaders and the people who are aware, they also have, you know, the attitude and the fortitude to leave things better than how they found how they found it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I I talk about in the book is, you know, having to and wanting to challenge yourself. Right. I mean, am I comfortable? You know, am I growing in my current role? And then the three questions that I think that we all can ask daily is, did I do something for myself? Did I help someone else? And did I do something for the community? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and sometimes our work doesn't allow us to check those boxes. Mm-hmm. Right? And Liz, I would say 
oftentimes we already know. (laughs) You know, we already know whether this is a relationship that's going the wrong way or whether this career is not on the trajectory in which I envision or personally, you know, examine Mm -hmm. yourself. I'm not at a level of where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to consider, you know, what behaviors and habits that I, that I need to change. So Mm -hmm. I would lean on those factors of Mm -hmm. answering those core questions, but certainly um, Liz, it's about uh, understanding and having clarity yeah. Um, what it is that you really want for yourself mm-hmm. and how you want to impact others. Totally. And so to follow up on that, like when you say, Ooh, I, I need to change my mindset, especially if you're feeling insecure or scared about your ability to get to that place you want to go. What are some suggestions that you give to people who are trying to move from fixed mindset to being more open? I found out and started learning, practicing, watching, listening about Mm -hmm. uh, great leaders and Mm -hmm. uh, what it is that they do and what separates them from someone else. Right. And and I I guess I got to maybe define it, too, because there's leadership and there's influence. Mm. There's there's people who have great influence, but may not be great leaders. Right. I, I look at this leadership component, one, having or being vulnerable. I think vulnerability in leadership, though it may seem, you know, complete opposite, they go together. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to to ask for help or to do something that, in a way, when what was familiar now walking, stepping to, you know, this this uncertainty can can feel unsettling, but it's also powerful, and you know there was a lot of of vulnerabilities that I had to, and I talk about in the book, one of the biggest things that I talk about in the book, pivoting away from the NFL to life after football and vulnerability is mental health. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I mean, it's a huge topic, you know, just in general, but, you know, in, in sports and particularly in the NFL, you know, mental health is is something that I think we all have to be mindful of and spend more time practicing and, and aware of. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wow, vulnerability is kind of to me that that key piece of leadership that I think is a, is a, is a quality that, that when we, when we understand and, and and see some of the best leaders today, whoever they are, have no problem, you know, putting themselves out and being vulnerable, though it may seem scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are going to talk about you anyway, Cat. Who cares? You know? Exactly. Exactly. If you do it, they're going to talk about you. If you mm-hmm. don't do it, they're going to talk about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you don't do it. You're not acting within your real self. Mm-hmm. And that's the real loss to me in stepping out into these uncertainties and being vulnerable through our leadership. Mm-hmm. I think the best leaders are the ones that can say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. Let's let's explore that mm-hmm. and, and facilitate finding the answer, right? Instead of pretending that they have all the answers, yeah. right? Get, to activate their team to say, let's, let's noodle this challenge. Right. Because we don't have the answers or help me figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Help me figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll learn from you. What a concept. Mm -hmm. Like. Right. Right. And and you see leaders kind of manage top down, Mm -hmm. you know, which, again, you caution you because it's almost a fixed mindset as we just talked about. Right. But yeah. But offering, you know, opinion and facilitating conversation in a way that that we all can learn. We're all Mm -hmm. on with this change, with this, mm-hmm. you know, with what this is. And at the end of the day, I want to give and help other people, but, 
you know, the reciprocity in a relationship is equally important. And if we don't open that up for people to, you know, welcome other people to have and explore their own views. Mm-hmm. And to me, as a leader, we're not doing the best of bringing the best out of our people. Agree. Totally. So tell us a little bit about your goals when you wrote the book. What did you want to achieve with that? Yeah, it's <laughs> Pivot to Win is um, it's a story about change. It's a story about what's possible. It's a tool to help other people navigate change. And if change is you know, consistent in our lives and, and, it, and it happens every day, there has to be a way that we can get better at it, right? How do, how do we get better at it? And planned or unplanned, um, again, I think understanding where we are within the pivot or within the pivot model, the change model, and there's plenty of them out there for, you know, I talk about the pivot model in, in my book because through my pivots, those were the steps in which I recognized where I was and had to move through. Mm-hmm. But it was also understanding how I felt about myself. Yep. And that's that's where I talk about this internal component of who we are, of how other people may view us. And the two may not align. You know, how mm-hmm. Liz, how someone thinks about you may not be in alignment with how you think about yourself. Right. Totally. But but that doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, other people's views and thoughts and ideas of you don't define you. Mm-mm. So, you know, Kat, my, my goal is that, you know, people would use Pivot to Win as a tool to help them navigate change. They would see the successes and failures and things that work for me and help them move through change better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Because change is consistent. It is constant. It's the and one thing we can count on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the few things we can count on. But we can't get better at it. I, right. I, I, I mm-hmm. really believe we can get better at it. Again, it does take some work and it requires mm-hmm. us to be self-aware. It, it requires us to be open and it requires us, you know, to, to seek and have that growth mindset mm-hmm. as we experience and go through change. Yep. But I think if I've learned anything, it's like to recognize the pivot and lean into it versus Mm -hmm. shy away. It's to be like, okay, these things are slowing down. So now it's time to ramp up. What do I want that to look like? And then manifesting that and working towards it. But it's like, you got to learn to go with the flow and also remember who you are. Because I think what you're saying about being a leader or even just being a person, self-awareness is such a key to success across all board, across everything. And I think that that's important. And if you mix accountability into that, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. we start talking about accountability. Yeah, great. I mean, sure. I think we all should. You know, many people have started the new year. They decided to write down the things that that's Mm -hmm. most important to them, the things that they want to achieve. Yeah. My question is, who did you tell about it? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. did you tell someone to help you achieve the person you want to become or the the business goals that you want to achieve, people that you want to meet, the new relationships that you want to you know, cultivate. And when we have an accountability partner or an accountability group, it's equally important to hold yourself accountable, right? Mm -hmm. How do we take an audit of how we spend our time Mm -hmm. throughout the day, right? And it's, you know, we had an honest look of what that was. I mean, I mean, certainly we can see where the areas are that we can improve and and how do we get better and closer to our goals. So mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's it's like you're the one who are going to have to live with the decisions that you're making. But involving and in having a person of, a, you know, accountability person that can help you get to where you want to go, mm-hmm. make becoming that person or that goal that you want to do more attainable. 
I love that because one of the questions we were going to ask, but you just answered it, was around putting measurements in place to measure your growth. Am I achieving these growth goals? Am I having a fixed mindset? And I think having someone, Kat and I often refer to your board of advisors that you should go to when you're making decisions and thinking things through. But having someone holding you accountable as well as yourself holding you accountable. What do you think are some other ways to measure your success towards a pivot? Toward like, am I pivoting successfully? Yes or no? What are some measurements that you recommend? Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. I should consider exploring and and reviewing my advisory board when it comes Mm -hmm. to making those strategic decisions Mm -hmm. Uh, because oftentimes we can feel isolated and we can often feel like we're the only person going through this Mm -hmm. when, when it's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's that vulnerability piece that we talked about earlier, but it's talking to other people and asking for the help. You know, Mm -hmm. one one of the things as, you know, being a former uh, NFL football player is I possessed a certain mentality you know, it's the macho mentality, the <laughs> alpha male. I have it figured out. I don't need help. Mm. That's not a successful recipe when you're building a business. I could tell mm. you that. <laughs> and, you know, and the other thing, too, is it wasn't a fear of um, seeking counsel or going to therapy and, and having sessions around talking to someone about how I feel. When I really opened up to doing more of it, it was a breakthrough for me. You know, it helped me understand my triggers. You know, it's one thing to, you know, to walk into a certain place or be in a certain conversation with people and you can feel a certain way about something they said. When if you take time to reflect on it, the root cause of it may be something that happened in your childhood. Yes. You know, and why do I keep feeling like that every time? that this one thing happens to me mm-hmm. and, and we can get caught in this cycle of emotion that again, we're doing things or act out of our normal self, mm-hmm. but this, this high, this high level of identity and self-awareness and or speaking and seeking counsel and treatment and therapy and talking to someone to talk through some of the challenges that we're going through mm-hmm. is super powerful. Those are the types of stories that I share in Pivot to Win that I hope people can gravitate to mm-hmm. and utilize and put in place into their own life. And certainly, you know, Liz, I understand that many people won't, you know, become professional football players. But what I do know is that we all will experience change, both yes. planned and unplanned. Yep, for sure. And knowing your triggers is empowering. Mm-hmm. Instead of being debilitating, like, oh, that's a trigger. It's like, oh. I know what that is. You yeah, know. That, that's coming up again. All right. Well, I guess I, right. I guess I need to look at that a little bit more, right? And making it kind of a game or or make mm-hmm. you know engaging with it as opposed to saying, "Oh, I don't want to look at that." That that right. made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, Jordan, we could talk forever. This has been so much fun. I'm so excited to share this episode with our listeners, and mm-hmm. I think that there's just so much good stuff here that you've shared. So, thank you so much. Yes. Awesome. Where can people find you, Jordan? Plug away. Yes. yes Where can they get yes, their book yes. and your podcast, website, the whole enchilada? Tell you us. You got it. Every, everything that um, all of my social media channels is Jordan Babineau, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can okay. find me there. Uh, Instagram as well. Pivot to win, uh, dot com is the website. The book is uh, we have a launch date of February 16th. Great. Uh, you, you can pre-order right now on Amazon. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to building this pivot community and and growing with our audience and helping us not just 
me helping others, Mm -hmm. but I think it's equally important for other people to share their story with me. Mm-hmm. It's a growth mindset and we're always looking to get better and achieve our goals. So hopefully my goal of the book and all of the things that I'm doing will help us become better people and navigate change better. Awesome. Awesome. What a great goal. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us and until next time. Thank you for having me. This, is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat. And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beaks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a tech reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>